Hey guys, welcome to the Bagging Boardcast, episode number 418. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you all the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of comic books that we are looking forward to coming out, oh, at the 26th. What? What? 26th? 26th. Oh, of August 2020. But I'll be looking forward to something in the queue. Mm. Mm. No, we followed up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're going to be taking a look back at some of the comic books that came out in the month of July 2020. Uh, we're going to be looking at X Factor number one, Batman number five, number 95, sorry, uh, I Wolverine. 2020, number one, Firepower, number one, and Devil's Highway, number one. Yeah, but you and, know, uh, that's a lot to read. It was, I mean, it's about what we normally, we usually do about five some, books. Some of them felt like a lot more to read than others, though. <laughs> I was just trying to segue in into the beer that we were drinking, sorry. But you stopped. You said that was a lot to read, and then there was a pause. And, well, you start, well, you started You started talking, John. I must have left a long pause there. <laughs> Sorry. Huh. But Paul, what are you drinking? Are you get you... us through reading all that. <laughs> I'm drinking a low alcoholic uh, beer, a 4.0% alcohol, a low calorie beer. You might have heard about this, guys, already on a great podcast that you listen to weekly. Uh, this is Harpoon Bush League. That's right. It's the beer that John had last time on the Bag of Boardcast. This is just a nice, crisp, light uh, it reminds me of like when um, when Southern Tier did that beer for the Sabers. It was what what was it called? One Buffalo. It kind of tastes like a One Buffalo that like take on a Pilsner or you know that like very commercial beer. Um, but it's all right. It's nice. It's it's what you'd want uh, after a hot day. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was a nice drinking beer. I thought it was a good Pilsner. Mm-hmm. It's Pilsner. Had- is it? Is it Pilsner? I don't know. I don't know. It just tastes like one to me. I don't know. Chris, because what were you because it, it is a Pilsner. Oh, it is. Man, if you had just listened to the show or your friend while he was talking about it last week on the show <laughs> that we recorded together. Oh man, I gotta listen to us. I don't. That's fine. Uh, but I'm drinking a beer from, I think, one of our collective favorite Florida breweries uh, after we took our trip there last time you guys were down. Uh, this is from Hidden Springs Ale Works in Tampa. And this is Tropic Thunder. This is our Berliner Weiss with strawberry, pineapple, papaya, and mango. Mm. And this is something I've actually brewed before, but they brought it back. Uh, the can is actually all little references to the movie Tropic Thunder. It's got some... <laughs> Some delicious fruits on there, too. Um, this is really good. It's nice, tart, sweet. It's got a great tropical flavor to it. Um, I just got home shortly before we was, uh, started recording, so I didn't have a chance to completely chill it yet. I think once this kind of cools out, it would just be like a delicious tropical fruit cocktail. It's 5.5% ABV, so it's really low. You don't get any alcohol on it all and since it's a Berliner it's already real just light and bright and nice tart to it um, I really dig this it was twelve ninety nine for the four pack definitely glad I picked it up 
nice. Uh, and depending, I'm uh, depending on when I can get back there. Sorry, John, not to cut you no, off. You're fine. Um, as long as everything makes it to you guys for uh, next week's show, I might buy another four pack just to, <clears> to <throat> ship them out again. Fun. Um, yeah. And I was going to see about sending, maybe sending you some, we got to figure out how, what Paul did last time when you, we sent you a box, uh, for your, what, your birthday? Where birthday did you or Christmas? It? I can't remember. Yeah. Birthday or Christmas. We sent you a box. So I want to do that. I got those shirts for you too. I wanted to send down, uh, but hey, uh, more shirts, more shirts. Hey, I am drinking, uh, from Thin Man Brewery, local brewery here in Buffalo. Listen here, pal. This is part of their small batch series, and this is an Indian Pale Ale with Ryaka hops coming in at 7%. Uh, and this is uh, just a nice drinking IPA. Um, it is hazy, but it's not a juice bomb. It has some of those kind of nice tropical notes, has a nice little bitter on the back end. Um, a little tanniny tea-iness, Paul, that you would kind of like Ooh. in it. Um, but this is just a really nice drinking beer. Um, what, how long have we even been on this call? Because I've been drinking it uh, 17 minutes. So 17 minutes, I've almost finished this glass. Um, but no, it's really nice. I like it. Nice. I imagine it's probably like $20 for a four-pack. I don't think it's that nice. Yeah, that doesn't sound as nice. Yeah. But you know what is nice? Taking our weekly trip out to the news garden. Uh not a not a bountiful harvest yet, because I think this weekend we're actually gonna be getting some big stories because we have the DC fandom event that's been stretched out to two days now where Warner Brothers and DC Comics are gonna be announcing a bunch of stuff that they're working on and things to look forward to uh, in their first ever digital comic convention. Yeah, this is a, it's just a weird thing. They've been uh, announcing uh, the speakers, but everything's being pre-recorded. So why wouldn't they have known that it was going to be over two days? It It might just be a case of they wound up with more footage than they thought they would have. And then just, Oh, Hey, we can make this thing. And then some of it might actually just be like live like zoom streaming call stuff too that they're gonna work in um, I haven't been following too much about this they released a trailer uh, the other day that you can see uh, if you actually follow bag and board on Twitter I I retweeted it today because I'm uh, I'm making a bigger push at trying to be more relevant with stuff that we're talking about so this is my first kind of like look at DC fandom stuff. And it looks like we're going to be getting some stuff from Black Adam, Batman, decent amount of comic stuff, uh, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman 84, but also more things coming out too from the TV side of things and also the video games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if we want to talk about it. We got like a Suicide Squad game isn't just going to be you're trying to fight Superman, but it's called Kill the Justice League. And then uh, it looks like the main villains for the next Batman game is uh, going to be the Court of Owls. Which I think is really smart and great call because that art's fantastic. And they really did draw on a lot of stuff from the Batman history and then just 
kind of made a great overarching villain that can constantly be a, a threat. Because it could be anybody, you know? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I think that's it's going to be really interesting how they're going to tie that in. And it is what Warner Brothers Montreal or, uh, yes. yeah, that are doing the game, which are they did the well, Rock City? Rock Study Montreal? Uh, well, Rock Study was the person that did. Because I think first, Rocks two, first three, Rock Study or Warner Brothers yeah. Montreal did uh, Arkham the, Origins. Yeah. Uh, because Rock, Rock Study was the rhinoceros from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yes. Um, and Bebop was a pig. Uh, yeah. But Rock, Rock Study's doing the Suicide Squad game. So it's. Yes. So it's, it's the original. W, it's Warner Brothers Montreal that are doing the Batman Court of the Owls. Okay, yep. I would, I would check it out. I mean, just based on how much I enjoy the other Batman Arkham games, whenever Next Gen System comes out, I'll probably wind up getting a PlayStation, I'm, I'm guessing, because it seems I have more of the exclusives with Spider-Man even. Yeah, and, and John... And John has it, so we could play together. And John has it, so we can play it together. But yeah, definitely something I would want to play. Yeah, I'd check out both of those games. I think a little bit has to do with the lineup for Suicide Squad. And if I heard good things, that would probably really drive me to, to pick it up. But I think at, at some point I might buy it just to play it. I'll well, look forward to DC Fandom to see, uh, see some more of it. I think I would trust the Rocksteady game more so than the Montreal game, but I don't know. Rocksteady had a bunch of issues with Arkham Origins and uh, Montreal or Arkham Knight, and Montreal had a bunch of issues with Arkham Origins. So the only bad thing I awesome. heard about Arkham Knight was people didn't like the Batmobile stuff. Well, also at launch. It needed a day one patch just to work on consoles, and then it took months and months for them to re, uh, release enough patches mm-hmm. to get it working on PC. Like it, so if you pre-ordered uh, it, you pre-ordered a game that didn't work day one. Yeah, I'm kind of used to that. I don't know if you guys know this, but I play World of Warcraft, <laughs> and whenever the new wait, expansion wait, wait. comes out, what you you, you? <laughs> they but okay, you know, launch day today. There's always a big update and patch that you have to take time to download. And then after you download it, so many people are online trying to download it and jump into the game as well. You usually wind up getting put into a queue. So you can't even play it once you start or complete the download. You have to wait for your spot to actually pop up that you can like populate into the world. And then even then, the connection gets kind of janky and laggy because so many people are jumping onto the server. I'm... I'm okay with it. I mean, even when I had my PlayStation 3, I never had this many issues with the Xbox 360, but PlayStation 3, as soon as you would put the disc in, you would have to do a mandatory download to the system anyways, because it would have to install the games, and that would take a couple hours sometimes. So, hmm. I don't know, maybe, maybe it's not that big of a deal, and people are just being babies about things. Yeah, but if you have to wait over a month to get your game and it's a single player game. It's not like it's a massive online thing where you actually have to manage a ser- servers or anything. Like you you just want to play on your console or on your PC and it doesn't work. 
Like, you should have a game working before you put it out. Unlike, yes, granted, there's going to be some patches here or there to fix things or straighten things some things out, but don't put a game out and have people buy it and then mm-hmm. not have it working, you know? It's the same thing with, like, the Cats movie. Don't put a don't put a bad movie out and then patch it three weeks later while it's in theaters. <clears throat> so I'm going to be interested to see what they say at Fandome about uh, these two games, but I'm also going to not pre-order them because I, I I've been burned once before. So I don't I don't pre-order anything anymore. Half of it is because I, I know pre- I I I hardly have any time to get around to play games. Uh, you know yeah. I pre-ordered that X-wing game. <laughs> Star Wars Squadrons. I mean, pre-ordered. I, I pre-purchased the World of Warcraft Shadowlands expansion because doing so would give you special uh, like quests in the game, and then uh, like transmogable armor set. And like, I think I, I think I did the version that gave you like a pet and a mount as well, mm. just because it's like, yeah, I'm going to buy the game anyways. I might as well just buy it early enough and get that extra content just to kind of tide me over because right now in like World of Warcraft pre-patch time, there's not a lot of stuff happening in the game because everyone's kind of burnt out on the previous expansion, so I honestly haven't played it since quarantine. Yeah. Well, that pre-patch is supposed to drop soon with it because that's in what, beta right now? Um, pre-patch the pre-patch event? itself the... is in beta, so yeah, they're saying yeah. probably about like two months pre-patch will come out. So people are expecting the actual expansion for Shadowlands to come out in December. Which is cool, because pre-patch gives you a chance to get into the game again, like, relearn all the stuff that you've forgotten, and then everything that they've changed, uh, because they constantly redo all the like character archetypes, too. So you get to relearn how to play the class, even if you've been playing as his previous. So it's a fun time. Oh, John came back with a shirt on. Or did he have that shirt on before? I don't know. It's an Iron Fist shirt. Spo- spoilers, he's, he's not on microphone, camera, or headphones right now, so I can say this. I don't pay attention to John anyways. I don't, I don't even know why he's on the show here. It's, it's right. It's, it's really rough. It's weird rebranding that we're doing here. Oh, hey, John. Great. Oh, my gosh. We missed you. Oh, so are you guys done talking about Warcraft? <laughs> yeah. yeah? Okay. Did we have anything else? Well, Warcraft uh, World uh, Warcraft Three is getting a new expansion. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? When they did, I'm not. not I'm not going to keep talking about it. <laughs> yeah, that was another one that pre that burned me on yeah. uh, the pre order. Oh. So, I mean, I it was kind of a, a light week for news as it was. Uh, besides, uh, Ryan Reynolds launching his own mobile streaming service <laughs> has uh, one movie on it. Yeah, for Mint Mobile, a wireless service um, that you can buy get con- a $15 con- a month contract for unlimited talk and data or something. Yeah, Mint know. Mobile. It's basically like one of those kind of like Nextel things where it's, or uh, Cricket where it's like, hey, we're super cheap. You want this instead of a, a contract, right? And then so, they just wound up getting bought by one of like the big two or three. I don't even know how many solid companies there are now. Yeah. Uh, but his, Verizon, at and T-Mobile. On his streaming service, it plays, uh, it's one movie. It's like a 2003 movie that stars him, and it's like a Canadian film. It's called, called Foolproof? Yeah. I think, yeah. 
Um, so it's basically a website with one video embedded in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's foolproof. Uh, but again, I mean, it's a Ryan Reynolds thing to do. Just he's kind of the king of self-promotion and he's like the, the spokesperson or like the face for Min Mobile. So I don't know. It, it got us talking about Mint Mobile, right? Not sponsored. Just yeah. it's uh, funny, and I'm sure as soon as you like sign on, there's going to be one ad for Aviator Gin on it, and then uh, the movie starts. Uh, this week he sold uh, he sold Aviator Gin for like a huge, huge profit. So really, yeah. So he's not going to be sending uh, cases of it to random celebrities anymore. Nope. Wow. Um, and. Did he That's sell probably, it to The Rock? No. Because The Rock owns the tequila. He owns the tequila. Uh, the other thing is, Paul, as we were talking, I think, previous episode or two episodes ago about The Rock spending $15 million to buy the yeah, XFL. The XFL. Um, yeah. La- I think either last year or so far in 2020, The Rock's made like $80 million. So $15 million is nothing. I think of... Because this came out maybe last week, but on the list of like the top paid celebrities or actors, like The Rock was like number one, I think. Wow. You know, I, I think there was a time where he was just doing all the movies, and maybe he actually gets decent royalties from all the movies that he's been. He in. probably does, but I mean, it's like the also at this cage. Also, at this point, though, I mean, compared to wrestlers when you know we were kids, and you see Suburban Commando with Hulk Hogan. I mean, those movies were just such like a flash in the pan. Like The Rock, actually, he's not a bad actor. Yes, he's um, likable. He cut his teeth. I, I think he really did put into work to become a better actor. And yeah, he's come a long way from Scorpion King. You know, mm-hmm. where he was in it for like what, like five minutes total, and then no, the Mummy like, three minutes as a CGI. The, the Mummy, mummy Two, yeah, the Mummy Two, the Scorpion King, and then he did Scorpion King the movie. Yeah. Where he was the star Which of was it. Direct to DVD thing. Or no, it came out in theaters. The the oh, nine sequels. I see. I saw it on DVD. I didn't. I didn't see it. In Scorpion King's got like nine sequels that were all direct to like DVD. But uh, uh, and since we're speaking about speaking of the Mummy, uh, went to Universal like two weeks ago, and I lost my sunglasses on the Mummy roller coaster. So. The curse is real, guys. Mm. Yeah, I lost all ability to ride any kind of rides that dropped me on the mummy ride, so I understand so, that. It's so good, though. Such a good, I can't handle such it. a good ride. I'm just constantly talking through it. I'm constantly just... I'm a mess on it. I'm a mess. Well, better to be a mess than leaving a mess, Paul. That's true. We haven't I'm done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we have anything else we wanted to talk about, or any other like side sub-stories that just kind of like pop in our minds as we're because that's a, also like a lot of what we do is just like, oh, we're talking about something and then it springs to mind. Yeah, I got, I got nothing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lincoln Park is coming to Beat Saber just because I'm into the VR thing now, but I don't care about Lincoln Park, so it's a music pack I'm not going to buy. There's not many music packs on there either, so it's kind of annoying. So I'm wondering how people sideload uh, music to the Beat Saber app. Is there like a fan community that like puts things on and like creates it like a like a builder i'm thinking there has to be because you check youtube and there's all these like videos of people doing all these different songs but then when you load up the store inside the game itself 
there's nothing. There's See, nothing. I, don't, I don't know enough about how it would work. Because <laughs> like, I know you can create stuff like that, like add-ons first. Things like Skyrim, where people make Skyrim a completely different game. or uh, Yeah, the modding community. Like Minecraft, you know, th- those kind of things. I don't know how it works with VR, though. Well, look at that game. But that's, uh, yeah. John doesn't have any time to play games. He's too busy looking forward to what's coming out the week of August 26th. 20! 20. John, I threw it to oh. you. I don't know. <laughs> I still I still was bored from your uh, VR talk. So uh, I'm actually looking for something that uh, I've recently just downloaded, and that is the Shutter uh, streaming service, services uh, documentary series called Cursed Films. And this is a documentary that goes into different films that had um, production problems and are considered like cursed films. So it has uh, an episode on The Exorcist, The Omen, uh, Poltergeist, The Crow, and Twilight Zone, the movie. Um, so it's uh, a series that I am very interested in seeing. The trailers for it looked really good. And... Uh, I enjoy a good documentary, uh, especially dating my, when I was dating my wife and now married to her. Because I'm like, hey, babe, let's have like a movie night. And she automatically goes to documentaries. So most of the time when I'm like, I really want a nice comedy or lighthearted action movie, uh, I have to watch something about a serial killer that is stalking, you know, the suburbs. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, this is, uh, Something that really interests me is being a movie buff, and uh, I'm interested to see this documentary series. I heard good things about Speed Cubes, which is not a horror thing, but it's on Netflix. It's about the national championship for Rubik's Cube solvers. Yeah. Uh, with Shudder, are you going to watch the Rob Zombie, his last one, the Three from Hell? Probably not. Let, let me, if you decide to, let me know how it is. Because I might. I like the. I don't remember what he calls like that. That batch of films, like House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects. I like those movies. Everything else he's done, though, has just been kind of like. Eh. I I enjoyed Halloween one was okay. Yeah, Halloween two I didn't think was good. Um, and then the the witches one, I can't remember those called like not good. And then like the other one, thirty one, I I heard so many bad things about it that I was like, Ugh, I don't really care. His the you know, Lords of Salem was the other one. Yeah, that's one that was really bad. And he's kind of coined the phrase like hillbilly horror movies or something like that. And it's just like, I don't know. I think like. Those first couple movies I re- I did enjoy, but I thought he might branch out and do something different or better. And he's just kind of stayed in that same little bubble that he's in. Um, kind of like Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith is really just... Nope, now, now, now Paul's leaving. Paul's, <laughs> Paul's walking away. Throw his, his headphones down. We found Paul's Warcraft, everybody. I'm still here. I'm listening. <laughs> He's yelling from across the room. He's not even on camera. I'm right here on the mic. Everybody can hear me. Oh, he's he's adding that in in post. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. You're responding. To it. <laughs> yeah, Paul. 
Paul, we know you're not looking forward to a Rob Zombie movie. Uh, so what would you be looking forward to this week? You know what? This week, uh, I was going to pick a podcast. Oh, here it is. Uh, I'm only picking this up because of spoilers that I heard about in uh, the previous issue. This is The Flash Finish Line Part 2, uh, 760. And the only reason I'm picking it up is because apparently the cliffhanger for 759 was Jay Garrick shows up. Ooh. And not the new 52 Jay Garrick, the classic Piff helmet with the the eagle golden wings on the side, Jay Garrick. The classic JSA looking with the crazy big old boots, that Jay Garrick. One of your favorite flashes. So, so uh, I, I got to see what this is all about. So I'm going to probably pick up issue, actually, issue 6 or 759 right now if I'm logged in to myself. Nope. Um, but when, when I get on Comixology next, just to see what's going on there. And then probably pick up this one as well. Just so I can continue on to see what they're doing with Jay Garrick. Mm, yeah. Chris, what are you looking forward to? Miss that, miss that guy. Um, I was going to talk about uh, Batman Three Jokers, the new comic coming out from Jeff Johnson, Jason Fabic. But instead, I'm actually going to talk about a podcast. Uh, mm. We kind of talked about it briefly before we started recording today, but uh, I absolutely loved the new season of Netflix's The Umbrella Academy. And lo and behold, they're actually putting out a podcast about the making of The Umbrella Academy, not just the first season and the second season, but also the comic books too. Uh, This is being done by Netflix. You can find it on your podcatcher of choice. It's just, I think, called Behind the Scenes Umbrella Academy. But so far, each one's been about different things like the most recent one has been about the music of Umbrella Academy, and they talk to the music sources for it, uh, the people that go out and find the songs from the different eras that they're going to put into it, people that score it, uh, how they find like what they're going to use for a cover song for it. It's just really interesting, uh, especially because I like hearing anything from Gerard Way because he's just such a big comic book nerd. And he gets to do what he loves, and I think that's awesome. Uh, so, yeah. The sh- episodes are really short. I think they're like 15 or 20 minutes apiece. There's been four of them so far. Uh, five, if you include, like, the two-minute intro. Hey, we're going to be doing this podcast one. Uh, but definitely definitely worth a check out. Nice. nice. Uh, yeah, my wife, bef- my wife and I, before uh, I came down here to join the, the call we're watching like YouTube videos, like the history of um, the history of umbrella Academy and the cast on uh, like Skype together, taking one of those surveys to find out which uh, umbrella Academy member they are, which was kind of fun. One of those. And something I, something I learned from the podcast actually was uh, umbrella Academy artist, Gabriel Ba. This was actually, not his first comic book work because he'd done work in Brazil, but this was the first work that he was actually paid for in America. Uh, everything else that you saw from him was kind of work that he did on the side just for the exposure, but he, he made money for this one. So he's always kind of thankful for that. Yeah, podcast. Nice. <clears throat> uh, we normally do a, uh, another beer here before we get into the dramatic reading. But, uh, did, 
Do we? Do we want to? We. Yeah. I still don't know the order. I feel we, like sometimes we I do think before, we, sometimes we do it after. It's, it's whatever floats our boat. now, a dramatic oh. reading from Itty Bitty Hellboy, The Search of the Were-Drag Chagwire. Number one, page 21, panel four. Roger. We are the bringers of the underwear. Perfect. You've... We've been expecting you. And that was a dramatic reading from Itty Bitty Hellboy, The Search of the Were-Jaguar. Number one, page 21, panel four. And if you want to see that panel that John so lovingly brought to life, (laughs) uh, make sure you follow us over on Instagram. We're just begging the board because all the dramatic readings we're going to do, you're going to see them there because... I figure that's an easy way to see it. Or just follow us over on Facebook because they'll pop up there too. Uh, I think that was one of my worst dramatic readings. Because one, one, do you want to do it again? When I said, when I, <laughs> another take? When I said, Roger, I, I was like, oh, I, I guess that's the voice I'm using. Like, I, it shocked me a little. <laughs> like, oh, all right. Sometimes you just jump into it. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to jump into that- our next fear. I picked that just specifically for John because he loves Hellboy. I'm a Hellboy fan. I gave I gave my son today a little Hellboy figure to play with. Ooh. And did he cook him up ham cakes? No, he put him in the dog's water dish and then um, dropped him and ran away. Like a, and then you yelled at it because you're like, this is Hellboy, not Ape Sapien. What are you doing? I, yeah. It was more of, can this kid leave the fucking dog dish alone? I was obsessed with it. Well, I mean, if you just keep feeding him out, of course he's just going to keep going there. Kid loves it. He's silly for that dog dish. Uh, he loves this Alpo. Is that even like a dog food brand anymore? I don't, I don't know. know. I know hey, it used to be. He doesn't eat the dog food. He actually reaches into the dish, pulls the food out, and then feeds the dog handfuls at a time. But he will like put his face to the dog dish and drink the water out of it because. <laughs> Or he'll just—he just puts his hand. He smirches his hand and just leaves it in there till we yell at him and tell him not to do it. And then he pulls it out and he goes and sucks the water off his hand. It just looks dead-eyed into your eyes, like you can't stop me. That's John's kid. That's my kid. That and he—he's no paternity test needed. Oh, that the kid jumped on my nuts today, and oh boy, that hurt. He was like, "I am the last one." <laughs> You wanted to have the only one. You wanted to have another. I squashed those grapes and turned them into wine. It was weird. He did it. He was like holding a broadsword, and there was lightning like (laughs) crackling in the distance. Yeah, there shall be only one. (laughs) I'm drinking another one from. I need to get up and get my beer. Oh, sorry, you didn't have any boring talk like I did, where I left and rinsed my glass. Oh, guys. I thought about sitting back down and I saw you guys still talking. I was like, ah, fuck them and went and grabbed my beer. And, okay, now you got your beer. So I'm going to keep on drinking the beer that I have in front of me. This is the Harpoon Farm League, rustic and hoppy, 120 calories, 4% alcohol by volume. This is delightful. This is something that, you know, I wasn't expecting to get in a lower alcohol uh, pack. You know, something this different. It does have that nice, like, rustic farm style um flavor to it 
it says it's a farmhouse, Hoppy Farmhouse Ale. And, John, I think you're right. Uh, uh, this is just a decent, like, uh, I'm trying to think of another. It's not a Belgian, but a farm, you know. Like a Saison. Kind of Saison. Yeah. It scratches that it's, itch. Yeah. It's in that same family. And it, it, it's making me happy because a lot of these low low calorie beers all mm-hmm. kind of taste the same. And this this mixed pack from Harpoon is just like, oh, you want something? We'll give you a little of this. We'll give you a little of that. Nothing too extreme. Nothing too nothing that's blowing out my palate. Nothing that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna. If I ever see that out, I'm gonna definitely order that. But at least with this uh, mix pack, I can be happy that it's in my fridge, and I can you know mix up what I'm drinking instead of being stuck with an all day IPA, just constantly drinking the same stuff. You know, and it's all kind of watery and just kind of barely decent. It, it's a it's a good variety, and I. I just think they nail the the flavors in that. That Pilsner tasted like a Pilsner. It was a hot day. It's a great, enjoyable drink. This, the the Saison Grist, Grist is got really nice, really nice flavor to it. And it the hoppy yeah. character isn't like Spice. overpowering, but it's just a really nice drinking <laughs> beer. And I think you'll enjoy the uh, the black IPA, too, that's in there. Oh, I do. Oh, you've already you've had I've it? Had. I've already had these, and I, you know, uh, these, I'm just I left out the rec league because the rec league is the one that tasted like every other low yeah. alcohol, low calorie. IPAs. It just tastes like a grapefruity pale ale. It's not bad, but it's it's no, but it's just it's average. It's what what I expect when I pick <clears throat> up one of these beers. It's like, uh, yeah, that's why I left it out when I reviewed the beer. Uh, but I am uh, I'm re- I'm drinking from Genesee Brewery the Genesee Speciality Cream Ale, and this is dry hopped. Uh, this is a dynamite beer. Uh, Nine ninety nine for a twelve pack. They're four and a half percent, and um, you get a really nice tropical note from the hops, and it's just really smooth and creamy. So is that a only locally available one because, like, the proximity to Rochester, or is that something that you can find elsewhere? Because is Jenny, like, a beer that you can just pick up everywhere, like a, like a Molson or? No. Um, okay, I, that's one of those things, like, I had never thought about until I started wondering about that question because it's like, Growing up, like my stepdad always, he had Jenny in, in the fridge. Like that was his his get home from work beer. And now I'm like, what well, is rude? Like an hour away from Buffalo. Is that just like a like upper, like northeast thing? Because I, I honestly haven't seen it down here. And I- you can get it down the the eastern seaboard. Like I think it okay. it might go as far down as like South Carolina. I know that um, the Wegman stores that are down in like the Carolinas and stuff, they carry Genesee, and I don't know if it's they are care because Wegman's is there, they carry it because Wegman's is a Rochester yeah. brand. But uh, I know that it's one of the top selling beers down there because there's so many people who either are the, the Snow Bunnies 
or they um, people who have just yeah, trans- like the expats that are down that, there that have just transitioned and are living down there, and they're like, oh, geez, Jenny, like they buy it up. Um, it may be something that you can find if you look hard enough. You know, it's like sometimes you can find. No, nobody's going to do that. <laughs> but I would say, Chris, like I would send you a couple of these. Um, I brought. Uh, I we went over to my dad's house and we went swimming, and I brought a couple of these over and I gave him one, and he was like, "Holy crap, this is good! This is great!" And he's also someone. All who, right, yep. Put one on the put one on the side for Chris because yeah. He uh, he's also someone who the other day we were talking and he's like, "The worst drunk I ever had, and the worst hangover." Was Jenny Cremail and I, was your first wife? The worst <laughs> <laughs> drunk I ever had. Uh, I mean, that's that's something we all have in common. But it's one of those things that you hear a lot from people: is uh, who Jenny Cremail? Uh, I got really sick on those in in college. I, maybe I just never had enough to get to that point. But like Jenny Cremail is okay. Yeah. Like it's good, Chris. Mm-hmm. You it's a good Cremail, but you. Again, I didn't drink until I was like twenty five. I was straight edge like, and then, when I turned twenty. And then Paul and I were already into craft beer, kind of by then, being giant lushes. So you kind of we were rummies. <laughs> you came into actually starting to drink, and we were like, "Oh, here are the things that you should do." You know, I re- like. I don't remember. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure it was your sister's birthday because it was the first time that I met Randy going to, was it Coles? Coles. Or was it like Mr. Goodbar? Oh, Goodbar. It was on, was it Goodbar? Okay. Uh, on, on Elmwood there. And I remember like seeing like all the different beer that they had and being like, oh my gosh. Like, I think that was like the, one of the first times I had like an actual like real craft beer because up until that point, like, I mean, it's Buffalo. So you drink Labatt because they have them for like, $2 at any bar you go to um, or like Guinness or Heineken. Like those were like the three beers that, that I would just have because I was like, okay, well these are decent. And I mean, I'll still fuck up a Guinness. Like that's still like a good drinkable Guinness beer. Is still like, good. Interesting. Uh, interesting, weird beer talk that I didn't plan on having. So thank you. You're welcome. I did want to ask this. Uh, for our new listeners, anybody that's coming in for the to the show that's new, and also for people that don't really listen to our friends when they talk <laughs> or they forget what they said. Uh, hey, first list. Hey, new listeners, thanks for being here. Hope you're enjoying yourself. Appreciate you. Rate us and review us. Um, dry hopped. What's that? Uh, so that happens at the end of the process. So you are taking the hops in. Usually early on in the process of brewing, you'd add the hops, and that's where you're going to get um, the bittering. But if you're not doing that and you're adding it towards the end, you're going to add those tropical flavor notes and a lot of the aroma. And um, that's – I mean this beer has – it's so it's so crushable. Like I could probably sit and pound three or four of these in – 20 minutes like they're just so smooth they got some really nice flavor to them they're better than expected and they're better than they should be for 
$10 a 12 pack. Now, the one thing I have to say, and I don't know, <clears throat> I don't know if this, this is true, but last year, Genesee and Other Half Brewery, which are known for doing um, really good New England style IPAs, they did a cream ale and they called it Dream Ale. Now, that beer was 4.5%, and that beer tasted a lot like this. I am speculating that Genesee basically took that recipe that they did with other half and made this beer out of it. Because any other recipes that they've done where they've dry hopped this cream ale are not the same percentage. And they've also said they're using... They're not using... Uh, this or that, they're using the specialty hops, which are hops that other half has been known to use. So I really feel like they kind of were able to take this recipe from other half with their probably them going, yeah, sure, we don't care, like whatever, and do this beer. Or they paid a royalty. Uh, th- I imagine they, they probably gave them a nice. Yeah, they might have like just bought the recipe or yeah. something in the contract when they actually brewed it first time. Like, and we'll bear ownership of this yeah. uh, going forward. And I'm pretty sure other half did not care. <laughs> they make enough money hand over fist. Uh, the new listeners want me to stop talking for the new listeners, but they also want to know what Chris is drinking. Uh, well, Chris is drinking a beer from. Bell's Brewing oh. out of <laughs> Audio Podcast. <laughs> Audio Podcast. Uh, I'm, for those of you who talked about it before, uh, I'm wearing a Bell's Brewing work shirt that John sent me in one of the care packages from Buffalo. Uh, so thank you for You're that. You're welcome. Uh, I'm also, this is one of my like last shirts that I have hanging up in my closet because I haven't done laundry in a while. And also it's like a heavier material. So you, it's not really the best thing to wear when you're uh, living in Florida. But anyways, um, I'm drinking a beer from Bell's, and this is the mango version of their Oberon Ale. And Bell's kind of has like, two flagship beers. Two-Hearted, ranked like one of the best IPAs that you can get, and then Oberon. When I lived in Grand Rapids, Oberon being released was kind of like second Christmas because like everywhere you go, it's like, Oh, we got Oberon on tap. Now you can get Oberon today. Um, Oberon just, it's a great drinkable wheat beer. It's nice and bright. It's got like a nice little spice to it. And I thought, okay, Hey, you know, they'll be pretty good with like a nice little tropical pop on it. Something about this mashup. It just, it doesn't work. Um, I bought two bottles. I didn't pick up a, a pack of this. The only pack that I bought today was the Tropic Thunder, which is so far the clear winner. Um, I bought one for me. I bought one for my lady friend. She took a sip of it and was like, no. So I now have a second one of these. That's <laughs> going to sit in my refrigerator until Sunday where I'm like, uh, I I want a beer while I'm reading comics or playing video games. I've, I've got that mango over on. Um, it, this this pales in comparison to the regular version of Oberon. <laughs> like, 
that like, there's no tropical mango like fruity pop to it. It's just, it's just like so muted and like funky. I don't know. And you would think that like oh mango Oberon, this should be great. Uh, I will tell you this, Chris. I was supposed to get like somewhere between like ten and fourteen cases of this for a summer display. I'm not getting it. They had to cut orders because I it wasn't coming out right. So really, okay. so you might be getting one that just they still sent out. I think there's companies, too, where they go, hey, this isn't what it was supposed to be. Do you still want it? Some people will still take it. Some people won't. I mean, and this isn't – it literally says on the back here, too, is it does have a shelf life of six months. And this was packaged July 2nd. So it's yeah. still well within that. I mean, we're recording this like a month and a half after that. Um, yeah, I – there were other beers on the shelves that I had considered, but then I saw mango Oberon and I was like, Oh yeah, I'm wearing a bell shirt. Like I, I have to get this. I mean, plus I like, since I just bought singles, I think they were only like two or three something a piece. So it's not like it was a big investment on it, but yeah, there's better bells beers out there. Um, I just, I wish this was one of them. Yeah. It, it really like, I just remember talking to my salesman and being like, hey, we should be getting that Oberon in soon. And he's like, uh, we're not getting it. And I was like, mm, let me go check my emails. And then I shot an email out and they're like, yeah, they're having not supply issues, but they're having problems with the beer. So it's not, it's not, we're not taking it. We're not bringing it. It's not coming into this market. I mean, and um, I, if I'm drinking a flavored or spiced version of like a brewery's beers, I would expect it to be at worst, like equal to the base version of it. Like I should be able to say, well, it's not a regular Oberon, but it's, it's, it's an Oberon with like other flavors. This is just like, I put it at a 2.75 on tap. Like it's just, well, this is under like a beer that I would just like get at a bar just to have something to drink. It's like uh Masagave. Like Masagave from Founders I thought was phenomenal. I expected the grapefruit version to be at least as good and I, I thought it surpassed it. Still checked again today, still can't get it. And also, yeah. I mean we didn't talk about this before. We could have uh Founders announced that they're doing seltzer versions of Masagave. I would drink them though. That's the thing. Like I would try them. Yeah, but if uh, the everything with the alcoholic seltzers, it, it's, I don't want the, the reason I'm drinking a seltzer is because I don't want to have any alcohol right now. Like that's the reason I go to a seltzer. I want to sip on something that has a little bit of a bubble to it, has a little flavor to it to replace my beer or alcohol consumption. So I, I am the exact wrong market. Yeah, for, but Paul, if you seltzer. have something that tastes like a masagave that's coming in at like four or five percent because that's what all hard seltzers are coming in at. Mm-hmm. But it tastes yeah. really good. I'd be down for that. I bring home seltzers one because I need to try them because I sell them and I should have some mm-hmm. ability to speak to them. And I bring them home and there's always one or two out of the twelve pack that are yeah. good. And usually the other flavors we don't like mm-hmm. and we try to pawn them off on other people. 
Um, right. So, I, I, like, it's three different flavors. The regular, like, lemon, lime, grapefruit, and strawberry. I would pick it up, and I probably would. I imagine that I would be pretty happy with it. Um, Two Roads had put out some seltzers, and they were, for craft seltzers, pretty good. Oscar Blues put out uh, one pack, their first variety pack of seltzers. I didn't think they were very good. They put out a berry pack, which actually had some really good flavors in it. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the, like, the style of beverage. I mean, if I'm going to drink a seltzer, I would just rather have like a like a polar flavored seltzer. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of on, on line with Paul of that, where it's like, well, if I'm drinking a seltzer, it's just something to to drink that's going to be like crisp and refreshing. And it's better than regular water because it's carbonated and then it's also flavored. Um, but I mean, one day I was at Epcot with one of my friends and she was like, no, we're, we're going to get White Claws. And they had the raspberry one. And I drank, I was like, okay, this isn't bad, but it's not something that I'm going to seek out or drink by the case. Like a lot of people like seem to do because they love them. But I would gladly try a founder's Masagave, like flavor inspired one. I, I probably won't keep them stocked in my fridge, but I would, I would like if I see them at my beer store, I would buy like a pack of one of each flavor just to to have. I mean, it, it it'd be better than this, you know. Chris, don't give them ideas. Have them deliver it in a mix pack. Don't make them. <laughs> don't make you. I mean, that would, that would be good too, though. Individually, I, I prefer that. I believe it is coming out as a mix mix pack, and will have individual flavors. Uh, but yeah, I I would. Every once in a while, it's nice to have something that most of the time in my refrigerator are barrel aged stouts, imperial stouts, high ABV IPAs. Very rarely do I have like a six pack of lagers or this or that. So it's nice to have something that it's a five percenter just to sip on while I'm doing a puzzle with my wife or we're playing a board game or cards or something or just sitting and watching like Good Mythical. So I don't, I wouldn't mind having a nice low ABV beer or seltzer that is just nice and pleasant to drink. If I want something that's nice, light, and refreshing, or a lighter drink that's alcoholic, like that's what I got mojitos for. That's what I got gin and tonics for. That's what I got Negronis for. I don't know what they clock in at uh, on the ABV, but like if I'm looking for something like that, that's that's what I'm going to do. Like those kind of mixed drinks. Yeah, but you're talking about putting shots of like 45 percent alcohol in a drink. Yeah. So and I'm talking about having a five percent, just a five percent easy drinker, but also Paul, you have yeah. the time to be Mister Cocktail. I and Mister VR <laughs> and Mister yeah. Video Game. <laughs> I I don't have that. My son goes down at seven yeah. and is usually uh, tossing and turning his crib for twenty minutes after he's just stepped on my balls, and then we do the dishes, we clean the living room. We get that laundry rolling, and then we sit down, and it's like, oh, you know what's nice? Just having a low ABV drink. Because I don't want to sip on a high New England IPA, a 7%er, or a barrel-aged beer. Just want something just to relax to. Low ABV. 
And I don't drink seltzers like they're going out of style. Like we usually have a 12 pack that sits around for like a month before we pawn it off on my dad's girlfriend. Well, let's talk about comic books. <laughs> Guys, we read some comic books this month, yeah. right? And these are... Oh, we did. That's yeah. gonna, that'll head us into the, the main topic, which, again, as you said, at the front, this is our look back for the month of July 2020. I think we actually have um, a couple August yeah. books in there, too. Oh, is there, I thought these were all July. I think there's some August. I think Paul's book is definitely an mm. August book. My book is an August book? Then let's not talk about it until August, guys. Well, there's only... I mean, I, I would like to talk about it, because we only have, like, four books, so... <laughs> or five. And, and if there's anything that came out in the next two weeks, we can just add to the next look back. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, for August, I already have, like, three books myself, so... Yeah, that's true. It is the year 2020. Time does not matter. Months do not matter. <laughs> it's it's all just a guessing game. Are and, we doing uh, Paul's book first? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I thought we were doing John's stuff first. Oh. Oh. I thought we were just getting mine well, out no, of the way. I'm signing into Paul's now. Okay. Yeah, let me let and, me jump over to Paul. So, Paul, you can since this yeah. is your book, you can. Uh, and talking give about it the intro. you know, it's all a guessing game. The X Men with their Krakoa Island. I don't know how to pronounce it because I think it's kind of a stupid, kind of a silly idea. Uh, they, they are resurrect. They can basically resurrect any mutant uh, as long as they have a backup that they just pull a psych backup and, and put it in a new body. They're able to do it with the help of, um, is it Rachel Summers and uh, Egg, who used to be called Golden Balls or something like that? But like, that's um, the thing, because I haven't read too much of like the recent X-Men stuff. So there's different like councils and committees set up that are in charge of different things on Krakoa. And I don't know who's who honestly anymore. Yeah. Nobody does. Don't worry about it. Uh, none of us. Well, none of us do because we read the first couple Hickman issues. Yeah, uh, House of X off. and powers of X. Yeah. Powers of time. Powers of. Cause you know, whatever. Uh, and this is dealing with the question of, okay, well, we want to get this mutant resurrected. And then people are like, well, how do you know they died? Uh, we don't. Well, then they're like, well, we're not going to have a bunch of duplicates running around because that would be bad news bears. Just ask uh, Multiple Man. Um, and so we have an X-Factor book that seems like it would play into the role of Multiple Man without Multiple Man in it. You know, because they're talking about, you know, accidentally re- resurrecting duplicates but whatever uh this is a book written by leah williams art by david bellion uh and we have basically north star trying to solve what figure out uh, a missing person case of for his sister aurora uh and see if she is actually dead or not uh, and then he joins up with polaris who knew that was polaris i didn't she has green hair. I can't think of another X Men that has green hair. We'll talk about it. Prodigy joins along. Uh, Eye Boy just kind of shows up. Uh, Dakin just weasels himself onto the team, and Prestige. And I'm not too sure who Prestige is. But... Uh, that's Rachel Summers. 
Oh, that's Rachel's. Oh. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't go by like uh, Phoenix anymore because I guess they still have the. They have another young Jean Grey who stepped her like into this time frame like a couple years mm-hmm. ago. And she she stuck around. And you know, this book is a gather uh, the coming together of a team, and they do a pretty decent job. It's a little, I think, hamfisted a little sloppy with how they're like oh nobody remembers that i have this power and they try to highlight like everybody on the yeah. team with, I, like up oh, here's a well, showcase of this power well that thing with rachel summers i think because she has like her like telepathic Rona. powers work like chron- like chronologically now where she can see back in time i think they're just trying to differentiate her from all the other Gene, like telepaths, Gene, telekinetics that that exist now. All the other Gene Greys that are in this universe. Yeah, because I think there's an there's there's so, the young Gene Grey, and then there's also like another Phoenix character. Oh, uh, there's going to be another Phoenix apparently coming soon. <laughs> Rise of the Phoenix or something is happening. Right. Um, well, well, we'll get to my we'll get to my thoughts on that when you start to wrap up this I, one. I, what I what I will say about this book uh, is. It's like ham-fisted. They're really pushing things to set up, and like the whole like tower at the end, and I claim the back, the basement, and the boneyard, like, all that stuff. Like they're trying to set. Just boom! This issue is just so set up to what they're gonna do, and that this team is to hunt down the missing mutants. And the fact that there's so many mutants dying and stuff, and this is what the team's going to be about. That's the stuff that really interests me. So, like, at the, the like, I'm 50-50 on this book. It seems really ham-fisted on how I'm, they're doing everything. But then I... St- I'm going to try to win you over, But on. I still like... I like the idea and the concept of the book. And... But you hate the characterization I, of all the characters. I, I like. I hated the. Uh, oh, we'll track. We'll track them to here, and then it's then it's like the they're giving the presentation of like everything they broke down. Like this, it it's. Mm-hmm. I, there's too much. It feels like too much forced information coming out. But I don't know. I, that's how I feel. I. While reading it, I was like, okay, I, can, I feel like I can get behind the book, but I didn't love everything. Like, it's... Having to explain the new political structure of... It's 1 plus 3 plus 4 Krakoa. equals 12. Like, it doesn't add up, but at 12, I'm still enjoying the book. Like, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense why I like it, but it is done well enough for me to like it. So... I am in agreement with you, and I think I'm going to say some stuff that might sway you over into the point where you're like, oh, yeah, I know I do like this. I'm not on the fence anymore. Um, Right from the get-go, I appreciate that they kind of had all that set up because we're reading this as a new number one in the X-Men universe. An X-Men universe that, again, has like five or six monthly titles after they had stripped it down to just two again. You know, to simplify the line, hey, here's what we're doing now. And then the line just continues to grow and grow and grow because people like X-Men. They want to see their favorite characters. 
I don't think this book has any of anyone's favorite characters in it because it is such a weird, random mashup of characters. And everything about that kind of weirdness, and then even like the art style by uh, David Beldion, it really reminded me of kind of like a little bit off-kilter version of Jason Aaron's Amazing X-Men. This is the X-Men being weird and funky in a book that they can be weird and funky because, again, I haven't read House of X or Powers of X or like Marauders or any of the other X-Men books Mm -hmm. since we originally talked about the number ones when they relaunched everything. The X-Men universe is super weird right now. And this seems to be the book that's kind of leaning into it and not playing it super straight and like, oh, no, it's super political, super cool. Um, when I looked at it through that Jason Aaron, Amazing X-Men, like, no, we're just going to have weird fun with X-Factor, I started to like this book more. But at that same time, this is what I was saying, like, oh, we'll come back to that. With everything that they have going on, I feel like we're approaching another, hey, let's hit the reset button because shit's getting too big, too wild. What is X-Men even now? Because you have three different committees. People can just like die. They get brought back whenever there's no stakes at that point. And Uh, every time there's a problem, they just come up with, yeah, Krakoa grew these seeds and they'll do this. And, oh, I can, you know, Polaris is like, I'm going to work with Krakoa and build a, a, a headquarters for us out of nothing. And you're like, all right, if every sol- if every problem can just be immediately solved and every death can be immediately undone, what are the stakes of what, what are, what's the, where's the drama coming from? I think. Because if nothing's risked, then nothing's gained, right? I think the book would have, like, it's almost a procedural show. Like, it's one of those things. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a CSI. It would have been more interesting that Northstar is the client and doesn't become the leader of the team. And Polaris is doing stuff where she'd be like, what would what would Multiple Man do here? Like, what would, what would he do? Well, he would bring this person in because we can use this ability from him. We can use, you know, we can use Rachel because she can do this. We can use uh, the eye guy because he can do this. Like, bring those characters together like that. Because Polaris, for some reason, they make it seem like she's this... Hipster at a bar for yeah, no she's, she was she well, She doesn't do anything throughout the whole book except put the team together. But you don't know why she put the team together. And I think they also touch on that, though, because there's a moment where she's talking to her father. You know, again, Magneto... Where she even says, like, she, like, flat out, like, what's my personality? Like, as a character, she has no presence. So I think this book is trying to find out who Polaris is as a character who's been around since, like, the late 70s. Like, she needs to matter in the X-Men universe because, you know, compared to characters like Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, like, she's kind of, like, that D-list of the... B-list Marvel superheroes. Like she's, she is nothing. And if she wasn't in this book, would it change the actual story or the plot of it? No. But again, like this seems to be just, Oh, I'm going to use the word weird again, but this seems to be more character driven 
than plot. And I think, again, from just what I have read of the other X-Men books, where it's like the big plot with character support. But you say character-driven, but it, like you don't get anything really with these characters. Like Polaris, you have her in the bar saying that she'll help you and she'll get these people together. And then she pulls those cars out of the water. She has that moment with Magneto and then she makes the base. Like there wasn't anything with her, a characterization I, of her. You could have done all of I that with, this, with Rachel Summers. But I, I think this issue kind of suffers or has just that pilot episode struggle where it's like you're introducing these characters or reintroducing these characters into like the X-Men universe who we haven't seen. When was the last time I read a book with North Star in it? Early, early like, I forgot North Star was I forgot he was French Canadian. As soon as I saw him say Alonze, I was like, oh, they're making Doctor Who references. And then later on, like they put his name and I'm like, oh, Bobier. Like, that's right, he's he's French Canadian. Like and then there's like more French words after on. It's like, oh, he's saying like he gets delivered a house like he's saying, How charming, thank you. Like I needed to learn these characters as a comic book fan, as you know, somewhat lapsed X-Men fan. Like, I think this book just kind of had to hit those notes. I don't even know Dakin was a good guy now, let alone bisexual or still around. Like, or had that pheromone power for some reason. And yeah, it's, that's it's, where I was kind of the same way as you, Chris, where I needed to be introduced to these characters and also kind of they were pulling powers out of i guess nowhere because i'm like oh he's like wolverine's son or some weird thing with wolverine's Wolverine son uh and it's like and and then you know even with rachel summers who's prodigy now it's like oh, okay she has that power prestige prodigies prestige. Uh... oh jeez and then <laughs> prodigy is has see this is why you like... needed that episode exactly this issue i was gonna say episode I, I just need the uh, Tops Flare superpower cards for all these people. But uh, the one thing I have to say about Polaris is, as somebody that has been reading her off and on since the 80s, this, this is, that's her story. Each and every time she's introduced, it's like, oh, where do I fit in? Who am I? Am I going to, am I, like back in the day, it was like, oh, am I the villain? Because I might be related to Magneto. I have his powers. It's like, I don't know who, who I'm supposed to be. Like, that's... That's her character. That's I, all I've ever read of Polaris. I just, I, I just feel they could have, they could have worked. They could have given you all the information and done it better, more efficiently. Yeah, and I think, but as a single first issue, do they want to, or do they want to leave it as a lead? I, you know, and the thing is, is like, there's, I, there's. I think that's something that's worth bringing up again when we get to firepower number one because that one I went in without all the information and I I felt like the story suffered for it yeah so bookmarking that <laughs> I, I know I, I enjoyed this book would I read more of it if Paul bottom and like number two came out today I, I, I would read more of this before I would probably jump back into like the main x-men books. Um, just because I think it does have some promise to it. The one problem I had with the characterization of everybody is like, and and they're slightly a dick. 
<laughs> like, he's North Star. He's really speedy, and he knows what he's doing, and he's kind of a dick to everybody. He's Draken, the son of Wolverine, and he has pheromone powers, and he's kind of a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel, she's blah, blah, blah. Kind of a dick. But she named her... Hilarious. She named her dog, what, Amazing Dog? Amazing, amazing baby. baby. Amazing Baby. And it's not a dog, it's a were... It's one of the creatures that, like, uh, uh, Ahab used to send out. Those, like, liquid metal dogs. The ones that would hunt mutants in the future. But again, like, that... Even that makes me think, like, oh, Amazing X-Men. Like, it's just, like, leaning into that weirdness that you get from Marvel's X-Men books. And that's going to take us over to our next book, which comes from DC. This is Batman 95, The Joker War, Part 1, written by James Tinian IV, and art by Jorge Jimenez. And this is... uh, what happened, guys? What if there's a corporate takeover of Wayne Enterprises and it's done by the Joker? And now the Joker is a billionaire. What is he going to do? And how is. Yeah, but. Hmm? Rohan? What? But, so- but somehow he still doesn't know that Bruce Wayne is Batman? I, I would say he does. With him at the Monarch Theater, buying the same movie. Uh, again, maybe we'll get more out of uh, Three Jokers, but I, I think I he think knows. He might not realize it or acknowledge it, but he, he knows. You'd almost well, Three Jokers is a black label book, so it's not in continuity? Uh, I would imagine that the Joker knows. He probably has figured it out. And he just hasn't let anyone else know. Like, why would he let... What? What's... Punchline? What's the... Um, yeah. Yeah. He hasn't let Punchline know, because she obviously doesn't know. And Lucius Fox didn't let that slip. Uh, but it's a world where, you know, it's known that Bruce Wayne funds Batman, and they've kind of taken that element out. Uh, what is the... The manor has gone up to uh, sail to the city. No, it's been uh, re repossessed because of the embezzlement that Bruce Wayne's been charged with funneling money to Batman. So Wayne Enterprises has repossessed under Rico. I'm guessing under some sort of like Rico wall, uh, law or something. Um, and uh, the. Joker's lawyers are taking over, you know, they're talking to the mayor, they're telling the police to stand down, but at some point, I guess, Bullock became commissioner, which is a new thing that's happened in Batman, uh, and Bullock stands his ground, says, we know who the bad guys are, and it's your client. Um, but yeah, so the Joker uh, and uh, Punchline, I keep wanting to call her Rumor, but that's not right. Uh, but punchline, uh, punchline has you know one up on Batman in this, and this is a decent Batman book. I would continue reading this. I haven't been reading Batman in a a long time. Because um, what Tony Daniels took over Batman after Scott Snyder. 
And then, um, oh, what's his uh, what's his name? Who did um, Miracle Man? Um, Tom King. Tom King. Yeah. Tom King's been writing uh, Batman forever, and you know the Joker Riddler War was one thing. Now we have just the Joker War. Yeah, I fell off of Batman proper um, after Scott Snyder left, and I did keep up on Detective Comics for a while, but. I, I've mentioned before on the show, I just got bad at reading comic books. So I still have a bunch of issues of detective comics in my, my back catalog, but it's, you know, on my stack of shame to get to and read so I can catch back up. Um, but this is the new Batman crossover. Like the stage has been set in another book that we didn't read. And I kind of like follow on the coattails of uh, X factor. I went into this with like the, bare knowledge of what's been happening in the Batman universe, but I think it does a decent enough job of kind of setting the table place for me so I can be like, okay, that's the current status quo. I can continue on with the story. Um, this kind of hits those Batman, like big crossover notes without any of the other characters showing up. I just don't know if I want to, read the rest of the Batman books because when I was trying to look at books for the list for this week, I saw, okay, detective comics 1026, I think it was, is part of the, the Joker war crossover. Well, so the story's going to be broken into chunks across different ones, but there's no like clear line to follow the plot. So do I have to read everything? Can I just kind of pick and choose and just, get the bulk of the story maybe from Batman. There might be a checklist or something in the back of this book. I didn't follow it. I didn't um, even see it. I was just going to say, I didn't see I, a checklist. Yeah, I don't know. The, the Nightwing issue that came I know that, today. But the thing is, there was a, a checklist for like a Legion story coming out, which, okay. Um, I don't know. Like, this hit enough of like that Batman funny bone that I kind of want to read more of it but I don't know how much more of it I want to read or how much more of it I need to read, which is kind of a problem when you're, you know, not the best at reading comic books as it is. I think the main line is going to be in Batman and then the side stories like the Nightwing that came out technically today, or is it coming out next week? I forget. But Nightwing has been drugged and kind of like how Lucius Fox is. And now he's fighting everybody as the Joker's son. So it's, you know, I, I can understand that this is your first big Batman crossover event. Like, this could be really cool for you as a new reader. Like, it, is it as good as War Games? Is it as good as Cataclysm? As it is, I don't Good as Court of the Owls. Good as Court of the Owls? I don't know yet. It's only the first issue. I don't, I have a feeling like it isn't going to be because I don't really like punchline right now because she seems like she she's not iconic in any way like no. her outfit and everything it's just okay she's just a very that built female character and she has taken the joker drug gas and has made it instead of weaponizing it has made it more useful which seems like Something that Joker would have done if he ever cared. Yeah, to. like mixing it with uh, Scarecrow's fear toxin and then some of Bane's venom to 
make you alive. Yeah, like so you don't die from the Joker venom. <laughs> it's like all right. the, there's seeds here that I enjoy though. Um, but like and, you're saying, Chris, as soon as any other DC character shows up, it immediately ruins the story because of how many other billionaires there are out there that control companies. Mm-hmm. So ring. Oh, uh, Bruce, there's been a hostile takeover bid, uh, you know, and the board of directors is thinking about selling the company to him. Oh yeah. Cool. Uh, Ollie, I need like you to <laughs> bid like X amount of money. No, uh, you I'll pay you, you back don't have that. enough. Hold on. Let me get Ted on the line too. Like, yeah, I'm going to call Ted Ford. I'm going to call, you know, and they would just pull their resources in order to, you know, Unless they were, the board was all Joker drugged, and maybe they were, because we didn't read the lead up. Yeah. So, but that seems like something that Bruce would have the controlling stake in. Or he has he's he's got the slush funds, you know, like he could. But still... that's, maybe that's why the whole thing came out that he's been embezzling and yeah. sending the money to, and that since that money that he has is embezzled, he would lose the shares because he was doing something illegal with his. Uh, place in the company so they they way the board could vote him out i'm sorry i'm going to stop talking now because i'm going to because ec- economics falls coming the thing he also started as like a, a green lantern podcast and green lantern like were the ring like the war of the light like black Knight, all that stuff it got you hyped up and he wanted to read that next chapter even if it was just like a oh hey there's only minor tie-ins to this. I still read all those, you know, tales from the like Yellow Lantern Corps, tales from the Black Lantern Corps, Black Lantern Titans, Black Lantern Flash. Like I had to consume every bit of that story, no matter how ancillary it might have seemed, because I was so invested in it. And this it just hasn't hit that yet. And it might just be because I'm only reading like, you know, the first chapter is like Batman ninety five. And I haven't read, you know, Nightwing in a while because I did not care for what I read of, like, the Rick Grayson storyline. It might weave into other books that I care about a little bit more that makes me want to read more of the storyline. But as it stands right now, like, this is a cool Batman story. I don't think it needs to be, like, big, oh, Batman, like, family story. Yeah, I think you can read this without those other books. I enjoyed this book and the fact that I haven't been reading superhero comic books. Everything I usually pick up is things that I think are really interesting and I haven't been – there hasn't felt like there's a good jumping on point. I think this might be a good jumping on point for Batman, especially with James Tinian doing this. I enjoy a lot of James yeah. Tinian. James Tinian has been in this Bat world forever. James Tinian's Detective Comics, as you mentioned earlier, Chris, is like, it's it's really good. It's something that you have the issues, you may not have read them yet, but it's a storyline that you want to get back to and read. So I trust James Tinian with Batman right now. I think also the book looks great. I think oh, the art yes. I, I don't remember who does the art for this one. Uh, Jimenez. Okay, yeah, uh, Jorge Jimenez. Yeah, this book it it looks like a great Batman superhero book. Like I think this could stand alongside like any of those other. I mean, you, you have to be 
talented to be put on Batman proper. Uh, but no, like it's it's gorgeous. I mean, I don't want to say it's great Capullo level. It, I think it's just like a little bit tighter. Well, I think Greg Capullo, too, if you look at those first issues of Batman that he did, he became a stronger artist on that Batman book. The more those books went on, the better of an artist he became. Uh, I'm so, so, again, audio podcast, but I'm going to take a picture and send it to you guys. And just like when you see you're like, it's it reminds me of the Jim Lee hush Batman, like because this is it's not a Batman you know, on his own or like up against the court of the house. Like you're seeing this as it's Batman climbing up the side of the building. Mm-hmm. And this is meant to be like that iconic, like stand up, like superhero Batman. And, and he's not like, obviously he's not wearing some crazy armor because he got the bat belly button <laughs> and some bat nipple showing through the uniform there, the uh, fit there. So, I mean, that, uh, yeah. it, it's a it's a good strong Batman, you know, and it's like halfway through the book before you see, you know, you see full f- as Batman because previously, like, you get a couple pages like flashback of him driving through Gotham in the Batmobile, uh, talking to Alfred about like the Joker, but that's like, I mean, the page before has like a bigger Batman reveal, kind of with him on the building, but. I saw that one. I was like, Oh, like this is kind of hitting that Jim Lee note for me. And I, I think out of all the books that we read and almost all the books that we read were books that I bought. This is the one that I would buy issue two for. Uh, we'll get to I Wolverine. I think I Wolverine is a nice book that sits as a stand, like a standalone single book single shot i don't need to it's only two issues long oh is it oh eh, yeah. maybe then i would maybe it was one of two uh, maybe i would pick up that second one because it just was like i'm i'm good reading this it's fine uh yeah i i would agree if out of all the books that we read for this episode i mean spoilers for when we do our wrap-up stuff if there was one that nobody was like oh well, I'm, I'm not gonna buy the next one I'd be like, well, you know, I would, I would step up and be like, I'll buy, I'll buy Batman number six, or nine. I keep saying like number five or number six, Batman ninety six. I don't know why. Yeah, I'm belittling it, uh, and it's already out. Like I didn't buy it because I hadn't read it till today, um, but I would pick up, I would, I would gladly pick up the second one because I've been missing good superhero books in my life. I just, there hasn't been anything that we've read that I've been like, yeah, let me get issue two. But like, uh, Earth One Green Lantern Volume Two is coming out. I just saw like, like amazing reviews for it. So I'm like, oh, I can't wait to read that because I'm a comic book fan, but I haven't been able to get the things that I love or I used to love about these books. I, I can't get them anymore. Well, it's... don't worry. I mean, my next trading policy is already locked in. <laughs> my following one will definitely be uh, Green Lantern Earth One Volume Two because yeah, I'm I'm pumped for that too. I knew it was coming out, but it wasn't until I got to the end of Batman ninety five where they kind of had like the little lead up preview for it. Where I was like, 
oh shit, like I get I get more Green Lantern Earth One, and that's exciting because that first one was extremely well done, and this one seems to be even adding more depth and kind of drawing from that Green Lantern history, which which I'm on board for. Like, yes, yeah, sign me up. Yeah. I, I did want to ask you guys, where do you hope Batman uh, ends up at the end of this, like, Joker war? Do you want him to be stripped down and, like, not have the, the funds and uh, be a detective, like, guy fighting from the shadows? I don't care. Okay. I, like, you just want to go on this run? Uh, yeah. I. I it's a, that's an honest thing. Because... That's, no, that's good. In another year from now... He'll have his money back if it doesn't. Like if he, they took it away, like it doesn't matter. Is he still married to Selena Kyle? I don't know. They never got married. Yeah, it didn't happen. Oh well, I but, I didn't even know that. So I I don't care. I'm just looking for a good superhero. I'm just looking for a good story to read. To be honest, uh, Paul, I would like to refer you back to the early aughts mm-hmm. when we had the Bruce Wayne murderer and. Bruce yeah. Wayne fugitive line where Batman and Bruce Wayne have been framed for the murder of Vesper Fairchild, which kind of broke the Bat family apart. And you got like the solitary, like, oh, brooding Batman where he went off and did his own thing while, you know, the rest of his lieutenants were like, well, no, we're, we're here to help you. We know you didn't do it. Evidence points that you did. Oh, we got you. And then that seemed like the stripping down of Batman. But then again, John said, like, shortly after that, I was like, oh no, he's cleared of all charges. Everything's okay again. Mm-hmm. Much like X-Men, like, you get that paring down of the line, and then things just grow and get bigger. I think Batman's kind of the closest thing that DC has to that X-Men thing, where, like, they constantly feel the need to be like, well, no, pair it back. He's He's the detective mm-hmm. again. He's He doesn't trust anybody. He's got Robin, and that's it. And then, just because that's what people want, they have to broaden it back out again. I think you will see him back to basics, but then, within the year, it's back to Batman Incorporated. Yeah. Here we are. I was kind of excited when they, like, hinted, oh, Batman's actually the driver for Mr. Graves. Oh, he's, like, he's just gonna be in the shadows, like, He's going to be undercover, and then the very next scene, he's in that bat suit, and I'm like, oh, okay. oh yeah, you, you you want to see him in the bat suit, and that's like, what that's what seems to be the thing that John liked the most is this is a superhero book. I was like, oh, cool, he's going to be guerrilla warfare, Batman, you know. But even if he walked in there as Matches Malone, hey, I'm here to be a lieutenant, kind of kind of character, I would love that too. Yeah. Like, I'm just looking for a well written superhero story. Because at that point, as soon as he puts on the bat suit, I'm like, okay, then all the other superhero friends would know where he is, and and then you can't do that in a Batman book. Well, I guess you could. I think you're overthinking this Batman yeah. book. Yeah, I wish it was Detective Comics, because <laughs> Detective yeah. Comics to me seems to be more that story where he's it's like him alone, where Batman's that superhero comic book where it's not that weird. To have Superman show up or anything, yeah, but, but Ted Kord think like, about think yeah, of, I'm overthinking it. I think about think about Scott Snyder's Batman. How often? Yeah. How often did any other superhero show up in that book? 
and that's that's where it switched because yeah, Scott Snyder started on Detective Comics, and then DC made the editorial choice to switch what those two books actually meant. Yeah. And James Tinian was on Detective Comics before this, so mm-hmm. I I like this book. I would read the mm-hmm. second one. I would definitely see where this goes. Without overthinking Indeed. it, without overcomplicating it, oh, I don't care where it goes. I- Good for you, man! You can do that. Cool. <laughs> I just calm down, guys. Whoa, breathe. Take a drink. I can't oh. breathe. I need oh. to swallow this. What beer. are you drinking? Harpoon Night League. This is a dark and hoppy. This is a one twenty-five calories, and I'm happy. The if the extra five calories give me all that malt flavor, I'm happy to have. I'm glad they're along. Uh, this is a great black IPA. This is, it's not as big of, it doesn't have that big hoppy finish at the end as some of the best black IPAs we have ever had, but it does have that big, nice malt punch up front. This is reminding me a lot of the uh, non-alcoholic stout that I was having <laughs> from uh, Brewdog, though, where it's that big malt up front and then kind of roasty aftertaste, and that's about it. This does leave a lot more on the palate. It's a lot fuller flavor. It's not as wa- all watery as uh, that Brewdog is. I'm happy that it is in the variety pack. This is a variety pack that actually feels like a variety pack. I know I already said that, but I want to reiterate it because I, you know, after having that Saranac uh, Weekend Warrior variety pack, Everything tasted the same, and I think I had another, a different, did I have another variety pack that I went through before, where they all tasted kind of the same, or am I just thinking of all the different varieties? I think you're just thinking, I I think you're just thinking of all those varieties that you had a brew dog. Mm -hmm. That, you know, they all kind of tasted the same, and I kind of, I was kind of let down. This is Harpoon. I'm, I'm going to come back to them. I'm, I gotta keep an eye out. They're not local. Unfortunately, they're from Massachusetts, but you know, nobody's perfect. Paul, did you pick up that dark uh, or the Elysian pumpkin variety pack? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not crack it open yet. I'm going to wait because oh, I I had that. I think maybe last year. I'm they did that again. It was like dark yeah. the moon. Like it was like, and then like two or three other yeah pumpkin beers. And that to one me, one of the things. Oh, uh, uh, go ahead, Paul. I'm saving it because one of the things that Kate and I love to do was to go down to Southern Tier for their Pumpkin release. And of course, since, you know, 2020 is being a dick, um, we couldn't do that. You know, we, we weren't going to go to a brewery and hang out and try to, and I don't even know if they were doing the big release at the brewery. Where they had a bunch of different varieties of the Pumpkin. They flavored them all different. Uh, Kate and I would get, you know, like we did for the uh, public day, the first time we went with you, you and your now wife, Caitlin, and his, and Sue. That was a lot of fun, and we've been doing that basically ever since for the Pump King release. Um, so my local beer store, they have Pump King in stock today. John, are they doing Warlock this year? Because yes. usually I see them on shelves at the same time, but they didn't have Warlock. Warlock and Pumpkin released at the same time, um, which was like two and a half to three weeks ago. Uh, The coffee just came in now. It just came out. It just came out this week. And then Nitro Pumpkin should be another week or two. 
No rum king? Uh, I believe they are doing a whiskey king, not a rum king. Okay. Uh, my local beer store, again, it's, I say beer store, but it's a, like, it's a alcohol store. Like, they have pretty much everything you could ever want. Uh, I checked to see if they had the pumpkin, like, whiskey. They didn't. That's not released yet. Oh, the, okay. oh, oh, the, the whiskey that I sent. Yeah. The, the, the southern tier the, whiskey. The actual spirits. Pump, yeah. yeah. It's pumpkin. Because I would, I would pick that up. I would try it. Like. I would too. I, it would be better. I would, I would add that to every cup of coffee I have in the month of October. I, nutmeg on top. I would love for that to come out where I could hang out with my sister. Because usually in the fall we get together, we watch like a couple fun they, horror movies. Are they going to Salem this year? Or? <laughs> I, I, you're not allowed in that house if you're not a member <laughs> of that direct family. Uh, my car broke down in their driveway and I wasn't allowed into the house. I was dropping off a Mother's Day gift for my sister on Mother's Day and my car broke down and I had a stand in the driveway. Wow. Yeah. That's that's cold, Obi-Wan. Uh, also, my sister got yelled at for opening the gift that I gave her. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, no, but, like, my sister and I get together usually for Halloween. We watch a couple movies. We do what we call, and I think Chris named them Pumpkin Bombs, where we would take pumpkin and drop whiskey and pumpkin liqueur into it and... and <laughs> pound them um but pumpkin whiskey in pumpkin come on that's got to be great right so i could do or, or you get to the bourbon barrel bourbon barrel aged bourbon floaters <laughs> that's just like oh yeah it tastes like this beer with more bourbon in it right uh but it would be it to me it'd be something fun to do with my sister because that's something fun that we would do together um but yeah the but to get back to my point the darker the, the Elysian is a fun variety pack because it's four different pumpkin beers, but they're all different. You have a pumpkin ale, you have a double, you have a coffee cappuccino pumpkin beer, and then you have Dark of the Moon, that cinnamon pumpkin beer. Like it's just a nice variety of pumpkin beers to enjoy. So if I can find that again, I wouldn't mind doing it all together if like, you can grab one too john just yeah i i um I, I have one already i haven't opened it but oh, yeah well well i can't mean just like rub it in my face that's fine um but you know uh one of the things that i miss is actually having the same beers as you guys and i feel lucky for the times that we can like last episode when we did the uh the southern tier creepsicle ale like that was yeah. fantastic like having the same beers one of my friends um and spoilers for Listeners, uh, next week, we'll all be drinking the same beers. I sent care packages to John and Paul. Bless you, Paul. Wow, allergies? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I sent I sent beers to John and Paul so we can all have the same stuff readily available. So it's all stuff here from Florida within like 20 minutes of my apartment. Uh, so that's going to be fun just to share a beer with my friends who... I can't see for who knows how long. Uh, but even if we can get like the same beers, like the Elysian uh, pan, I, I love doing stuff like that. I miss it. 
Yeah, I I, I do too. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna see because I'm I'm going to a couple breweries this weekend. Um, I'm gonna see if they have <laughs> if they have the um, the Black is Beautiful Stout their versions, and I'll see Ooh. if I can grab them and uh, send one your way, Chris. That's one of the things I'm and me, Paul. interested about because yeah, it's the same recipe from the same like brewery being sent out, but just everybody what can breweries do with like the ingredients that they have, like following that recipe. Like that's, that's interesting. And some people do like, Oh, we added a little extra malt or we added a little extra this, or we changed this. Like they're all, they're all different because of the yeast strands. Everybody's got their own house yeast. Every, you know, they're not using the same yeast. They're not using the same hops. They're not using the same grains. Like everything's got a different thing because we, um, I drank that. The it was the recipe the other half came out with that was to support um, restaurants. Um, I forget what it's called. I have it in my fridge. Hold on, I'll, I'll look it up. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, to get back to my original point about the uh, Legion. Uh, 12 pack that I bought and you know not going to Southern Tier uh, so yeah Kid and I want to kind of wait until the fall and we're going to actually set up our little stations well, we're going to just have split each beer you know just one bottle each and we're going to get a Wegman sub just like we would if we were going down to the Pump King release and uh, kind of set up some lawn games and everything kind of like what they do at the brewery um, we might bring you know some speakers outside to do live music <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, because the, something. The whole thing. yeah, yeah, just because we're, we're kind of missing those kind of things that we would do day trips for. Uh, All together was the, the beer worldwide collaboration brewed to support hospitality professionals. Um, but yeah, that was a re- This is the thin man version of that beer. The recipe was created by other half and I am drinking a other half beer. Uh, this is their Double Mosaic Dream Double di- Dry Hopped Imperial IP- IPA, 8.5%. Ooh, so, John, be- John, before you get into it, what's the difference between double dry hopping a beer and triple dry hopping a beer? Um, well, like, if you dry hop a beer, you're doing it once. If you're double dry hopping a beer, you're doing it twice. If you're triple to dry hopping a beer, you're doing it thrice. Uh, the new listeners don't like your condescending. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this beer is it's this is eight and a half percent and drinks like nothing. Like you wouldn't know that this is eight and a half percent. That's kind of something the other half does. It just makes beers that are extremely questionable that. Drink like juice. Um, this has got a nice grapefruitiness. It looks hazy. Does it taste hazy? It smells hazy. Um, it's really nice. You get a nice oatiness to it. Um, you definitely get that nice oat character to it. Just a superb drinking beer. Um, other half is one of the breweries I plan on going to over the weekend. And um, it's nice. And it's... It's out. It's out in Buffalo. You don't have to drive to Bloomfield uh, on the other side of Rochester to get it. 
it's just a really nice drinking beer and the prices are for their beers reasonable. Like they're not in the stores and they're not more expensive than what they would be at the brewery. But Chris, I am dying to hear what you're drinking. So some people don't like it. My next beer is coming from clown shoes. uh, And this is part of their barrel series. And this is, Undead Rhapsody. Uh, and this is an imperial stout blended with a barley uh, barley wine ale Ooh. that's been aged in bourbon barrels, bourbon barrels, uh, and Jamaican rum barrels. So Ooh. I imagine they're not like multi-aging it. They're probably taking the stout aging in bourbon and then the barley wine aging in rum or vice versa and then just blending it together. It doesn't matter because this beer is sitting at 11% ABV. And when I, when I poured it, I was like, ooh, this is going to get me in trouble because I took a sip and I was like, yeah, this is real boozy right off the front. But in spite of that, and even with the dragon breath that gives you, because you can get the taste, like just that taste of alcohol on it. This is absolutely delicious. Um, it was eleven ninety nine for this one, like one pint can. Uh, as someone who lives in Orlando and then goes to theme parks on days off just to have something to do, I pay eleven dollars for just like a stout or a porter or a lager. Uh, yeah, definitely worth it because oh my gosh, like this beer is absolutely fantastic. I'm gonna take a sip so somebody fill some dead air. Uh, Paul, you and I know that Clown Shoes, their barrel aging game is always on point, except when leprechauns curse it. And that was uh, an infected bottle, and they said they gladly yeah. would give your money back, send mm-hmm. your receipt, yeah. or peel the label off the bottle and send it to them. So. Chris, you're you're winning because I have not been able to find a barrel aged clown shoe beer for the life of me in my area. So please, you know, give yourself a pat on the back that you can get that. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. And again, like within the last two uh, years, clown shoes has just become one of those breweries that's like, if I see something different from them, I'm going to pick it up because everything else I've had from them has been either great or amazing baby. Like it's, (laughs) it's all so good. Um, And this is along that amazing baby end of the spectrum. Like there's just such a great depth and just like, I always call like a raisiny sweetness, but just like that kind of like earthy richness to it. Dark fruits. And you don't get, it's 11% ABV. Like it's definitely boozy. Like you get that on the front and then like you take your sip and I like, wow, rich sweetness. This isn't that bad. And then you exhale and you're like, Oh, there it is. Um, fantastic. Oh my gosh. Like by the time we finish recording this episode, I'm going to need to eat a sandwich and go to sleep. Um, (laughs) Because, wow, this Undead Rhapsody, fantastic. My, I think I put it at a 4.5 or 4.75 on, on the tap. It's, it's way... It sounds like a 5, though, good. to me. I don't know. 5? Well, 
five is few and far between. It's old school uh, flower power. <laughs> I think CBS. Probably Guinness. Well, Guinness. I think I dropped Guinness down after I had another one after I started using Untapped. Um, the pineapple upside down cake from Cigar City. But yeah, enough about beers. Uh, guys, we're a comic book podcast, first and foremost. Yeah. And yeah. That'll, oh, we got three more to read. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I, don't have, I don't have a lot to say about the next one. Oh, we, uh, Which is the next one. Devil's, oh, yeah, yeah. Devil's Highway. Devil's Highway. Uh, yep. So this is Devil's Highway, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Brent Schoonover. And this is from the publisher AWA Studios, Upshot. Uh, first time on the show. Congratulations, boys. Uh, and this is the story of a uh, woman who comes home because her father was killed right before Christmas um, by maybe some type of cult guy or a serial killer. And... Uh, she is trying to figure out who killed her father. It's okay. I I thought it, it. It's okay. It looks gorgeous. Like I really do enjoy the artwork for it by uh, Brent Schoonover. Yeah, for I'm, a I'm publisher guessing. that we've never heard of to get a decent artist is pretty great. This is uh, I'm sorry, I stepped on you, Chris. And no, I thought you no, were looking up the name. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, I was just because I want to like. I just heard John say it, but I was like, "Yeah, it's a it's a longer name." But continue, Paul. Uh, this feels like somebody that enjoyed Twin Peaks and wanted to do their own spin on it with a hard boiled, hard nose, strong female lead character that's not going to take any gruff. And she, uh, Sharon comes into town and she's going to beat up the cops because she used to beat them up when they were kids. Uh, and then you know, it just there's not enough here yet that, that makes me interested in it. in it. And that twist at the end where a snake comes out and kind of twirls around itself. Um, it, well, and then it, it rests on the chest of the victim. Which all of the victims of these killings have the same kind of Ouroboros, the snake eating itself tattoo or brand on the chest. Um, yeah, it's like carved into their chest. And it it was at that very last page. And I'm like, okay, like interesting. But so much of the lead up, I was just like, mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm not interested. Like, it kind of suffers from just trying to build up the main character by. Showing how tough she is. Yeah, by having like it show you how tough she is and other people tell you how tough she is. And it's like, here's my childhood bedroom door. It has misfit stickers on it. I'm going to take my teddy bear, throw it on the side. Yeah. Well, (laughs) it's very X Factor in its way of showing you exactly Uh, what the powers are. I liked X Factor though. Uh, the one thing, like, I don't know if you caught it, but like when she's talking like, and I can do, you know, I can break that guy's jaw 
right Robert and like the police officer, like he's got like a little scar by his jaw. And then she says, oh, something. I, didn't, I didn't catch that. She says something to the next yeah. cop and he's missing two of his fingers. Like mm-hmm. she's the one that removed those fingers from him. And uh, I think I would be in for issue two is just something to read. Cause I'm pretty sure this book was like a dollar. Like it, it wasn't. Oh, yeah. Okay. For, you're in for, for a five. Box. You're yeah. only in for five issues. Uh, but it is. It is like like you said, Paul. Like they're taking a little bit from um, Twin Peaks. They're taking a little from Get Carter. She's that that very much that character of uh, the 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 gangster who comes back to his town because somebody killed his brother, and he's going to figure out why. In this case, it's a she's an ex military. She's ex-military, she's real tough, and she wants to figure out who killed her father. And she's getting a lot farther than the cops did. Um, But the serial killer knows that she's closer to catching him, so there might be some fun play between those characters. And if you're going to toss in another another movie, kind of like The Hitchhiker, where the one knows who the other is and it might play against the main character, you know, and make her look bad or make her look crazy for another buck. I'd read two because the setup is there and it's interesting enough. It's something just like, it wasn't a bad read. It wasn't a great read. It's, it wasn't it's not, as over the top and gruesome as some of the stuff that are number ones where they're like, we're going to smack you in the face with wh- how extreme we are. This this seemed like a small town uh, in Wisconsin. And I have to say that everything I know about Wisconsin, though, everybody would have been a lot more polite and nice and just been like, oh, you want to look at our security cams? Sure. You betcha. Come on back here. Right? Yeah, you but know, that, I'll, that get you a, I'll get you a big gulp while you search our films there, okay? But that guy's name was Fast Eddie. It was Fast on his Eddie. name tag. Yeah, I, it bothered me that it said like, Fast Eddie on his name tag because it would, would just say Eddie or Ed or Edward. Um, this book was not great, but John, you you hit it. Like It's not great. It's good. And now that I know it was only a dollar, like, okay, that kind of that kind of escalates it for me because you know beer rules like a good beer for a great value is like oh yeah i'm always gonna drink this because it's only six dollars for a four pack why why would i drink something else um it's just not a great book though yeah no nobody says you know ends the scene with says with a, a say hi's to your family for me you know so i can't believe it's in wisconsin all right. I'm just, just <laughs> thinking about Marky Mark now. Um, hey, say hi to your folks for me. Uh, next book, though, is one that I have more but still less to say. Because this is I, Wolverine. Oh, we're not number gonna one. Do, we're not going to do Firepower? Wait. Oh, shit. Sorry. E F G H I. Oh, uh, fire yeah. powers first. Fire, fire powers first. Sorry, I was already clicking on stuff. Uh, um, firepower. Yeah. 
Uh, I can still introduce this one if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. You can you can introduce the next two if you want. Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can handle that responsibility. But coming out from uh, Image Comics, we have Firepower, number one, written by Robert Kirkman, who you may know from books like The Walking Dead or Invincible, uh, with art by one of our favorite artists, Chris Omni. Uh, and this is a new ongoing story that's telling the tale of... What's his name? Oh, my gosh. Owen Johnson. Owen, Owen Johnson. Johnson. Uh, a person who has gone on to learn the martial arts of making and throwing fireballs and just how that's going to be his life living in suburbia, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Talked about it a little bit up at the front. I didn't realize there was a like zero issue graphic novel that kind of had all the lead up with him going out to get trained and learning the skills that lead up to the number one didn't read it. Uh, and then coming into this number one, I'm like, cause I very first page, I saw that there was a paragraph saying like, Oh, previously I was like, wait, this is number one that kind of yeah. laid out that story. And I was like, Oh, I'm already behind on this issue. Number one, cause didn't know you had a, Number zero graphic novel. Okay, I I didn't either. And that number yeah. zero graphic novel is seven ninety nine. I horrible bit. Price it's not horrible, but to launch a new comic when you're someone who has been in the comic book industry, if you had just put that graphic novel out as number one, we would have read it. Like John, both you and I had this as our pick for the list when it launched because we were like oh a new number one from Robert Kirkman and Chris Somney holy crap okay that's a book that's on our radar I wish they had publicized a little bit more and I I think this book suffered because I didn't read that zero issue where other books that I didn't know what I was in for like X Factor and Batman I didn't miss out on too much uh, so apparently this was released by Image Comics to the comic book shops first, like that graphic, uh, novel. It was supposed to be come out on free comic book day, the mm. following. So the graphic novel, novel released to, to, um, comic book stores. And this number one came out on free comic book day and they wanted to hold back on the digital release to try to help the store comic book stores. But as 2020 kept rolling on, they finally then relented and then put it out digitally. And that's why issues one and two came out the same week because this was all kind of done already and in the camp. Good to know. And that firepower, I think that's the firepower prelude is it's 155 pages. Jeez. Okay. So it's not even like a, a mini graphic novel. That's, that's a graphic novel. Like that's full on like a whole story arc. Yeah. This would be like firepower. Number one would be like the sequel series. Yeah, it is the sequel. It is a volume two basically, but it's released that way to be its own volume two. It's weird. I, I think this is a, a fault of 2020 and not so much a fault of our own. 
Yeah, I, I can't blame us and I can't blame the creators. I can only blame our current world because there's nothing wrong with this book besides the fact that there's something that came before it. And, and even in the sense of, like, you read this book and, like, you know, it tells you the reason I picked this book because you read, you know, you read what the book is about. It's about a guy who's one of the few people who have this power who gives it up to go on a normal life. So I read, I read that. Okay. So this guy has got a normal life going on. He's got two kids. They're, they're you know, a teenager and close to being a teenager. His wife's a cop and they're having a picnic at their house. And then he ends up having a confrontation with someone from his past. And then there's a ninja in his bedroom. Like knowing that it's someone who's turned against his past and he's got this power. I was okay with it. Like I figured that was what I was missing is his past. Now to know that there's an actual trade about his past, it definitely makes more sense to what I was missing. But again, like, like you said, Chris, this is, Paul, like this is volume two. We're reading volume two mm-hmm. without having read volume one. And that's dumb. Yeah. And it's, it's only dumb because we didn't realize we were doing it. Yeah, but until but, we opened up page one and saw the previously on or previously in. I I feel like I'm a big enough Chris Somni fan. Like I follow him on social media so I can see like when he's doing his artwork and he puts up just like the random, you know, commissions that he's doing from people. Like, I feel like I should have known that there was a full on original graphic novel coming out from him that. Yeah. But it came that, out before May. It came out in April, which was, nah, I, I still wasn't I, in April. I was unemployed. And we were doing around the, like, we we're doing the podcast every week. I know we were doing the podcast, but, but, the world was falling apart. Like yeah. I don't mind missing some comic book news when we're trying to figure out: Do face mask work? Are we supposed <laughs> to be? What are we supposed to be yeah, doing? But I, our temperature. What's happening? But I, unlike you guys, like especially. Like, I mean, I know Chris. Like I look at the diamond pull list for the week. Like what books are coming out mm-hmm. week to week. The first time I saw anything for this book was the solicitation for it coming out the week that it came out with issue two. Right. Like I would have noticed that yep. there was a firepower book with Kirkman and Somni. Cause I look, I, even if I find a book, I take a snapshot of it and then I keep looking through all the lists of books in case I find something better. And this book, either it didn't get shown or it literally just fell through the, the cracks i would not doubt that he did not solicit it because remember for the walking dead he ended that series with nobody knowing they were soliciting more walking dead books even though that series was ending before the solicitations did but robert he's like at image comics he's like the head of like creative input or stuff like he has a weird made-up title that space is just like he he can do whatever he wants like he's he's got he's the, the cloud at that point. comics right now yeah. like he's he runs that company pretty much 
And I hate that it sounds like I'm being really negative about this book because my only issue with it is that I went into a book blind when there's more stuff that came before that I'm sure I would have loved because there's nothing wrong with this book. Like it's gorgeous. I care about Owen and his family because it's so slice of life. It's like John said, it's a family having a barbecue with family friends. Well, I love the race speed to the, to the supermarket. That was amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. And I'm like, okay, I, I like that too, but I feel like it would have had more weight had I known his history leading up to it because I didn't get that story. I got a paragraph at the beginning telling me like, no, here's who he is. He's got these powers. He he doesn't want him. He left. And that kind of lessened the, the weight of the story for me, but I'm still on board. Like I'm looking forward to reading more and I'm going, I'm looking forward to going back and reading, you know, that graphic novel because I want more of the story. Uh, I do have to say that the paragraph threw me off a little bit when they were doing the barbecue and they said, Oh, it's Owen's parents are here. And I'm like, wait, Owen's parents betrayed everybody and we're going to unleash the dragon that was going to burn down the earth as this scorch clan society. This is going to be one awkward barbecue. And then like a couple pages later, or maybe a panel two later, you learn that, Oh, it's his adoptive parents. Yes. Yeah, they're lovely that people. <laughs> they're all, um, and I'm like looking at him. I'm like, that guy does not look like he could release a dragon. That guy's so, not Asian. So one of the things that kind of caught me on this... I don't see color like that. (laughs) But one of the things that caught me on this... um, I can tell this book was written a while ago because they're talking about his wife being like a hero cop. And one of the people that comes is her partner. It's like, yeah, she's a great cop. Hey, I'm a cop. Let me tell you how to hide a body. I. (laughs) It's one of those things like... Good point. <laughs> Reading this in like our current climate, mm-hmm. you know, what, whether you subscribe to the all cops are bad mind frame or not, like reading any kind of, you know, pop culture media that's involving someone that's, you know, an officer of the law, it's like, like, mm-hmm. do, do you really want them first and foremost? Because as. As soon as I read that, I'm like, ooh. I took that as when the when his her partner was talking about, yeah, I was about to give give up because the guy was getting away, and she just suddenly jumped the fence. I'm like, oh, she's kind of trained a little bit and has learned some tricks from uh, the, the the main character here, Owen, like because he's just hopping fences, jumping up into trees, and like taking shortcuts, winning races. When yeah, of course. Yeah, I, that- I. I was gonna say, should I? I, I almost don't want to feel like I want to waste my trade and policy pick, but see, I. It I would mean, be interesting for us to book. talk about seven ninety. I don't one hundred fifty five pages for seven ninety nine is pretty good. It, yeah, that's that's not a bad buy. And the fact that we've... And I think it's something that... I mean, 
honestly, even based off of a number one run, not getting the complete story, I I would read that book and I would look forward to reading it. Maybe I what what if I I'll buy it and we read it, but we don't waste my <laughs> my trade and policy. We just do it as an episode. I mean, there's no rule or law saying like it can't be a trade and policy though. Like we can have multiple trade and policies. Like I know, but like John, we John, 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 we run this show. We can do whatever <laughs> we want. <laughs> if you want to have a trade and policy and then be like, hey, Next week, I got another trading policy. Yeah, I just don't want it. Blah, 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 blah. I don't want to waste my, 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 my month on that because I, I want to read it and John, I want to talk about it. Even the whole like monthly schedule is just like a rotation where we can say, like, oh, John does a book, Chris does a book, Paul does a book, and then it's John's turn again. Yeah, because but we all buy trades. I don't get mine for like another three months. Like, you know, it's like, mm, I don't want to waste my. But Paul's just going to pick some bullshit that we don't want to read anyways. <laughs> so so why not? Oh, hey, Paul, we love your trading policy and uh, look back picks. So, yeah, thumbs up for you, bud. Hey. Paul, or did so, we pause? So Paul, no. Paul took a break. Paul left. Paul, Paul took a break, and uh, John's worried about wasting one of his trading policy picks for this book. But I told him, like, there's no set rules, like... If you want to do this, like, it's fine. We can do this book and then do another trade policy, like, right after it. I'd be fine with that. Like, our schedule is nothing but bullshit, everybody. Behind the scenes talk, even? This, this podcast bullshit. We just, we figured out what we're going to talk about, like, two days before. So do we, I'll, I'll buy this book right now. Next episode, review of the prelude to uh, Blast Fire, Firepower. Last fire, <laughs> firepower, firepower. Yeah, that I, that okay with you guys? I would. I said I would love to read this book. All right. Yeah. All right. You know what book I wouldn't want to read? I Wolverine. And finally, we have Marvel Comics. I Wolverine number one, uh, number one of two, written by Larry Hama, uh, art by Roland Bashi. And this is the continuing or new story about Albert the Wolverine android clone uh, in Madripoor. Uh, I'm glad this isn't an ongoing because by like four pages into this book, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to read anymore. Not that I don't need to. I just, I did not want to. And Larry Hama... You might not know his name, but he's like the brains behind pretty much all of G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. I was about to be like, Larry Hama, he's the G.I. Joe guy. He's He is the G.I. Joe guy. I, I don't know. John, this was uh, one of your babies. Can you sell this or defend it at all? No. Because, okay, because jumping into this book, there's stuff that, again, it's telling the story of the Wolverine android robot Albert, but also drawing off of some other stuff that's happened in the Marvel Universe that I was unaware about, where Tony Stark's brother is starting like an AI war, and somehow that 
ties into Albert, even though it doesn't it does matter. <laughs> it like it, it's kind of one of those things where like Marvel editorial had a thing where it's like, all right, well we have a story coming up. Uh, we've got this unknown brother of Tony Stark coming in and he's making a power play for Stark Industries and he's taking control of all the AI. Uh, who are some robot characters that we have? And then some one was like, oh, there was a Albert Wolverine clone robot guy in the 90s. And they're like, okay, yeah, put that book out. Well, they said, ch- ch- oh, go ahead, Paul. You said uh, the, the robot dragon guy. Remember the Dragon Man? The the robot? No, nobody's going to remember. I don't. Nobody remembers that. Yeah. Um, Larry Hama is one of the. I don't know if he created it, but he wrote most of the storyline with Albert. So he's one of the people who wrote the most about him. That was one of the reasons I wanted to pick this up. Um, and just to see what, what he had wanted to have to do. I was fine with this being a, like being a one shot. Um, I thought it was kind it's, it's not as good as like the death of Wolverine where it was like, we're going to go through and hit all these characters. Boom, boom, boom. But you have Albert, nothing like anything that would be cool to see doesn't happen on the page. You'd see the aftermath of it. And I think... Oh, Dragon Man. Yes, Paul. <laughs> uh, and that's where I think this book fails, is like the stuff you want to see doesn't happen. You don't see it. And it's not, yeah. it's not great. The artwork's okay, but you would love to see more i mean this is the guy going up against the reavers who is created to be on the reavers he's created to kill wolverine you know and his uh elsie lou or whatever her name is she also lcd lcd she was also created to kill like wolverine like that was their purpose and they have a really bizarre connection between the two of them uh which, for people that haven't read this book, and again, good choice, you shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> once Albert actually puts LCD back together, because I thought this was, again, going to be like a big series where he had to go through and find her parts mm-hmm. and pieces. Uh, no, like five-eighths of the way through this first issue, he has everything, puts her back together, once she's put back together, it, he says, as good as bzzzt, new, sorry, your pretty pink dress got dressed. And then she says, I like my new look, very anime. Yeah. This book, no. Ter- and that wasn't me just He making- wanted to roll up the comic and hit the comic on its nose with the comic that you just rolled up. Like, that's how... Awful. I when when he got her head, I was like, okay, he's he's gonna go around. It's gonna be kind of fun having this like little girl head no, talking so, to him. But it's again, like inst- right from the get go, I was like, uh, I'm not. In. And then when the like the head started biting people on the face, I'm like, oh, this this book. And then 
against better judgment, I kept reading it, and I was I was not rewarded for it at all. So, guys, the Mandalorian's huge. Everybody loves the Mandalorian. What character do we got? That's kind of like a lone wolf mercenary bounty hunter that would most likely shoot you as look at you. They can, well, we'll they can tie that's, into that's this uh, robot wars that we're going to plan. Uh, oh, we got a robot, but we got to tie into the... Oh, we got a robot Wolverine. He's just like the Mandalorian. It's perfect. Perfect. We just need to pair him up with a child. Well, what do we got for a child? A robot doll. Is she cute? No. (laughs) (laughs) Does she stay quiet? No. Even better. She replaces all her R's with W's. (laughs) It's annoying as hell. Paul, you could could have sworn there. Nobody would have blamed you for it. Because, Paul, her looks very anime. John, I'm sorry you paid for this book. I... I was sold on the... I'm sorry you picked this for the list, like, <laughs> three, four weeks ago. Because I remember you mentioning it. And yeah, I... Spawning a conversation. Like, oh, I was fuck yeah, it. I had his trading card, Albert. I was reading it, and I'm like, okay, this seems like a book that John likes. This is going to have some cool samurai, lone wolf kind of action. Where is it? And then none, none of, of that happened. happened. <laughs> and I'm like, why did John pick this? I, Where is it going to turn? I, thought, I would say I thought Dead was, Highway seemed more like a John pick, but that one I enjoyed. Because Dead Highway is very in line with like the books that John picks, and at the end of it, I'm like, eh, no. But this that one wasn't bad. I do want to say, most of the books I pick, I'm also with you going, mm, no, <laughs> this was very good. Maybe stop picking weird serial killer books. And stop you making know, me pick you know, X-Factor books. Nail, Nailbiter is still going on. It's still, a, is it really? still an ongoing series. And Paul... Nailbiter Return. I, All I remember is like the cover was like fingers coming through a mouth. i just trying to keep you honest, Paul. You yeah. said you were going to buy this book. I just wanted you to buy the book. I bought the book. Uh, but that, that book was one of my favorites from this month, so, you know. It was a bad month. <laughs> Or, I was going to be positive and say, like, so it's a good book, but, you know, tomato, tomato. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't great. It wasn't a great month. I at least bought some books. <laughs> wow, is that a dig at me? Because I could not find anything. <laughs> Listeners, I didn't have any books that I bought this month, and I went back to look, and I was like, no, there's just nothing that that looks good. But if you thought this podcast was good... Well, no, no, no. Paul, okay. Paul, 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 We need to do a power rating. Whoa, normally I'm the one making us do power rankings. Okay. Let me load up the uh, the doc here. So uh, Who we wants have to start? X-Factor number one, Batman number 95, I, Wolverine 2020 number one, Firepower number one, Devil's Highway number one. We're power ranking the ones that we're most interested in reading the next few issues of, yeah, not, or at least the next even, number two or next issue. Not even like which that's what ones you like. That's what are we like. going to read? Like just like yeah. out of the ones that we have, like which ones would you rate? And then if you happen to go on to read more, like okay, cool. So I'm I uh, I'll go first. You ready? I'm going to do uh, Batman number one. 
I'm going to say firepower number two because I bought that trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I think I'm going to do X-Men or X-Factor, then Devil's Highway, and then I Wolverine. So that's I Wolverine's your number one or number five? That'd be my number five. <laughs> I start at the top. We always oh you start. We always you always we always start, we always start at the top. We start at the top, Paul. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to start from the bottom this time. Uh, this fun. It's being <laughs> difficult. Uh, I'm going to go with I Wolverine, my number five. Then uh, Devil's Highway, number four. And then Batman, 95, number three. Then X-Factor, number two. Firepower, number one. Wow, okay. Is Firepower just on the promise of, like, what could have come before? Or just as a whole, like, that book? As a whole. Because yeah. it's that, you know, superhero with a slice that's of life. also the dad. That's Animal Man. That's... Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I like that motif. I like Fantastic Four superheroes that are also a family. Uh, I'm kind of reading a little into it with hoping that, oh, yeah, the wife knows how to do stuff, too. And she's going to if this ninja's actually in the room, she's going to kick his ass just like he would. So um, maybe I'm reading a little bit into it, but we'll see. We'll see. No, I I do like that kind of oh no, I walked away from that life. I've, I've given it all up that's behind me kind of story. Um, but for my power ranking, starting from number one, because only psychopaths start at the bottom of the list. Uh, my number one, I think I'm going to go Batman. And then Firepower, number one. Then X-Factor. Then Devil's Highway ending on Wolverine. Uh, if there was another book that we had, it would still be over I Wolverine. So the same as me. Yeah. 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 But hey, we're not the same as any other podcasts out there. We like talking about comic books. We like talking about beer and we like uh, just being friends, talking about what we like. And hopefully you like us. So make sure you rate and review us over on your podcatcher of choice. Hopefully we're available on it. Uh, email us, con- uh, bacon at gmail.com. Follow us on our social medias. We're over on Instagram. We're on the Facebook. We're on Twitch, even though we've never done anything over there. I personally am making a resolution in the, you know, the end of the year. We're three quarters of the way through the year. I want to be better about, putting things out there to interact with and engage. So, hey, follow us on those. Because I like doing a podcast. I like talking to my friends. I like the things that I like. I like Firepower. Look forward <laughs> to the next episode where we're going to be talking about the actual book because we didn't actually read the book. John, you had something. Uh, I, I was I was just going to say, even if you don't rate and review us, it doesn't stop us. Uh, this has been... We've done this for 11 years now, and it's been a way – I think it's it's made us closer as friends. It's made us stay in contact with each other. Um, and I love doing it because I do it with you two, 
and that it keeps us. It, Wait, Bono? It, you do it with Bono mm. and the Edge? Thank, thank you for stepping all over for this heart heartfelt. Uh, yeah, I was getting too sappy, <laughs> so I had to. So, so sidebar, tying it in, tying it back. I watched a YouTube like mini documentary about what happened with the Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark <laughs> musical, written and which again had music done by YouTube uh, with like Bono and the Edge like handling that. Uh, I don't remember what it was called, Sean, but if it's your turn to pull up something to watch. It was like, what went wrong? Spider-Man, turn off the dark. It's like half an hour or 40 minutes. Watch it, because so much happened with that musical that I did not know about. Well, I know that Spider-Man kept getting stuck, and they just have to get a stick to oh, unstick him. He wasn't, get, he wasn't just getting stuck. Like, they were getting dropped and injured. Like, <laughs> it was bad. Shotted, falling into the crowd. Yes. Dead new tears. So, John, you look forward to that. Listener, look forward to our talk about firepower number zero. 